All right, what's up, Stoop Story listeners? You have myself, LeDrew Morell here, business coach at Southwind, Josh Heron, CEO, dialing in for another episode of Stoop Stories. But we're going to start it a little bit different today with a clip of the book that our CEO is reading right now called The Obstacle is the Way uh, by Mr. Holiday. So we're going to start in with this clip and then we'll discuss the content from the clip that Josh recommended for today's episode. Yeah, and just real quick before we jump to the clip, uh, the reason we felt like doing this and we know it's different than our normal podcast episode is, you know, when I was listening to this, man, I was really thinking about us. I was thinking about, you know, the thoughts that are coming through our minds on a normal basis, regular basis. And I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to kind of escape and listen to something that, that I think is going to be transformative for you and how you perceive everything you do. There you go. So tune in, grab a pen and paper, take some notes while you listen, and uh, we'll discuss after. Whatever is rightly done, however humble, is noble. Sir Henry Royce. Long past his humble beginnings, President Andrew Johnson would speak proudly of his career as a tailor before he'd entered politics. My garments never ripped or gave way, he would say. On the campaign trail, a heckler once tried to embarrass him by shouting about his working class credentials. Johnson replied without breaking a stride. That does not disconcert me in the least, for when I used to be a tailor, I had the reputation of being a good one and making close fits, always punctual with my customers and always did good work. Another president, James Garfield, paid his way through college in 1851 by convincing his school, the Western Reserve Eclectic Institute, to let him be the janitor in exchange for tuition. He did the job every day, smiling and without a hint of shame. Each morning, he'd ring the university's bell tower to start the classes, his day having already long begun, and stomped a class with cheer and eagerness. Within just one year of starting at the school, he was a professor teaching a full course load in addition to his studies. By his 26th birthday, he was the dean. This is what happens when you do your job, whatever it is, and do it well. These men went from humble poverty to power by always doing what they were asked to do, and doing it right, and with real pride, and doing it better than anyone else. In fact, doing it well, because no one else wanted to do it. Sometimes on the road to where we are going or where we want to be, we have to do things that we'd rather not do. Often when we are just starting out, our first jobs introduce us to the broom, as Andrew Carnegie famously put it. And there's nothing shameful about sweeping. It's just another opportunity to excel and to learn. But you, you are so busy thinking about the future, you don't take any pride in the tasks that you're given now. You just phone it all in, cash your paycheck, and dream of some higher station in life. Or you think, this is just a job. It isn't who I am. It doesn't matter. Foolishness. Everything we do matters, whether it's making smoothies while you save up money or studying for the bar, or even after you've already achieved the success you sought. Everything is a chance to do and be your best. Only a self-absorbed asshole thinks they are too good for whatever their current station requires. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, and wherever we are going, we owe it to ourselves, to our art, to the world, to do it well. That's our primary duty and our obligation. When action is our priority, vanity falls away. 
An artist is given many different canvases and commissions in their lifetime. What matters is that they treat each one as a priority. Whether it's the most glamorous or the highest paying is irrelevant. Each project matters, and the only degrading part is giving less than one is capable of giving. Same goes for us. We will be and do many things in our lives. Some are prestigious, some are onerous, none are beneath us. To whatever we face, our job is to respond with hard work, honesty, and helping others as best we can. You should never have to ask yourself, but what am I supposed to do now? Because you know the answer, your job. Whether anyone notices, whether we're paid for it, whether the project turns out successfully, it doesn't matter. We can and always should act with those three traits, no matter the obstacle. There will never be any obstacles that can ever truly prevent us from carrying out our obligation. Harder or easier challenges, sure, but never impossible. Each and every task requires our best, whether we're facing down bankruptcy or angry customers or raking in money and deciding how to grow from here. If we do our best, we can be proud of our choices and confident that they're the right ones because we did our job, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Obligations sound stuffy and oppressive. You want to be able to do whatever you want. But duty is beautiful and inspiring and empowering. Steve Jobs cared even about the inside of his products, making sure it was beautifully designed, even though the user would never see it. Taught by his father, who would finish even the back of his cabinets, though they would be hidden against the wall, to think like a craftsman. In every design predicament, Jobs knew his marching orders, respect the craft, and make something beautiful. Every situation is different, obviously. We're not inventing the next iPad or iPhone. But we are making something for someone, even if it's just for our own resume. Every part, especially the work no one sees, the tough things we wanted to avoid or could have skated away from, we can treat the same way that Jobs did, with pride and dedication. The great psychologist Viktor Frankl, survivor of three concentration camps, found presumptuousness in the age-old question, what is the meaning of life? as though it is someone else's responsibility to tell you. Instead, he said, the world is asking you that question, and it's your job to answer it with your actions. In every situation, life is asking us a question, and our actions are the answer. Our job is simply to answer well. Right action, unselfish, dedicated, masterful, creative. That is the answer to that question. That's one way to find the meaning of life and how to turn every obstacle into an opportunity. If you see any of this as a burden, you're looking at it the wrong way because all we need to do is those three little duties to try hard, to be honest, and to help others and ourselves. That's all that's been asked of us. No more and no less. Sure, the end goal is important, but never forget that each individual instance matters too. Each is a snapshot of the whole. The whole isn't certain, only the instances are. How you do anything is how you can do everything. We can always act right. All right, there we go. So, you know, a lot of takeaways there. And really what I heard is that there is no obstacle that validates you quitting because the obstacle is the way and everybody in the world has reasons 
why they should not, could not, or might not be where they want to be. However, failure itself has no validation. Uh, you know, another thing that I think about, and I'm hoping that the listeners were, uh, you know, they were able to um, draw the connection as well, is that you're supposed to be doing something that you don't want to do every day and doing it to the best of your ability. So, you know, you think about the president of the United States at one point being a tailor or a janitor. You know, I would therefore ask, man, what am I doing? What are you doing? What are you, the listener, doing that you don't want to be doing right now? Because it's part of the process. Yeah, and I think the answer to that is my job. <laughs> you know, like, nobody yeah. wants to do the job. And I think that, I, I, well, let me take a step back. Not, not that. People want to do the job, but some people don't want to do the job. And they come to work to just get the paycheck. And what you hear the author talk about here is that... Uh, you know, everything matters. The way you do the job matters. What you make matters. The craft that it takes to put it together matters. And because of that, take nothing for granted because you're learning something in everything you do. How you do anything is how you do everything, is one quote he said that I really loved. And then another thing that stu stuck out to me is uh, that duty is beautiful and empowering. You know, a lot of times we look at duty as like, damn, that's just more stuff for me to do. <laughs> like, uh, and, and because of that, we give a half-hearted attempt to get it done. Uh, instead of focusing and executing a plan flawlessly, understanding that you're making something from, for someone else. Yeah, you know, I would say the connection, until the connection is made, that you express your purpose through your job, your job will be just that. A job that you go to, you punch in, you punch out, and you can't wait to leave. And, and those we call the TNT boys, the Tuesday to Thursday boys. Mm -hmm. That's when they want to work. They want the weekends to relax, chill, and kick it. And the weekend is seen as something that you're taking from me. But when you see your purpose in what you do, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is because you're looking forward to the opportunity to serve your gift to the world, whether it be the cleanest swept floor the, the nice tailored suit that every customer was happy with, or in our instance, it could be, you know, doing an install on a hot summer day, or maybe doing a furnace on a cold winter day. You know, we, I had MVP out at my place when our AC went out, and it was really hot that day, and the technician was just dripping in sweat, and I was, at one point I even tried to hold, hold an umbrella over him, because it's right in the dead heat of sun, hold an umbrella over him to get some shade. Uh, you know, his way because he was just getting beat up by the sun and I was trying to bring him cold water. And he assured and let me know, hey, you don't have to do that. I'm here to make sure you and your family are comfortable. And right now, you're not comfortable because you're out here in the heat trying to cover me up. Get back inside. I'll get this fixed in less than an hour. And, you know, you and your family will be cool again in the heat of the summer. That's an example of someone understanding the service component and having the reason why at the heart of what they were doing. Well, let's be honest. We have a lot of staff that are on the front lines. They're hauling junk on a regular basis, hands in the mud. I've done that before. I know what it's like. I've cleaned out foreclosures. Uh, or we're moving people. And moving's tough. And it's hard work. And sometimes uh, it feels like it's unappreciated by the customers that you're moving. But understanding that everything you do is so important and that you're making something for somebody else. I think about from a customer's perspective, when we come into their home, like what are we making for them? You know, 
your the MVP, um, you know, analogy was easy, right? He's making your home cold for you or cool for you, so you can be comfortable inside. But at one eight hundred got junk, you know, we're helping someone get their space back. We're helping them with a project that they couldn't do themselves. And how we do that's really important because, like, how they perceive us once we do it will be based on the work that we complete. So if we tell them we're going to do all of these things and we don't do it because we didn't feel like it or we felt like the job was beneath us, uh, it's in direct contrast of what you actually want in your life. And so I think about, you know, some of the uh, quotes, you know, the author had said, you know, nothing is beneath us. And, and I, I agree with him. Like whatever the job is, that's the job because it's the job. So we simply have to do it to our very best of our abilities. And inside of that, the benefit is that inside of that is the learning that it takes to get to actually to where you want. And so a lot of times we feel like, oh man, this, is a, this job is, you know, not what I really want to do. But like the learning that you get from that job helps you progress in your life. That's why you can't take it for granted. That's why when you're out there and it's a hot summer day or you're out there and it's a cold winter uh, morning, you know that I have to do this to the best of my abilities or else I'll miss the learning that I'm supposed to get for, for, uh, from it that's going to prepare me for what I have coming later in life. Yeah, so what I would say, it is that mindset that allows someone to move forward in their life. And I would venture to say those that are inside of this organization and outside that are listening, they're at that point in their life where work is becoming aligned with their purpose. So they do understand that the job is to do the job. So when I show up, there's a lesson for me to learn and a customer's needs that have to be exceeded. So why don't we kind of touch base on how you operate in this system with others who aren't necessarily tuning in or seeing things the same. So they're only there for the check. You know. Yeah. Well, I think it's really common. You know, I think uh, what you'll find is most people in this world show up to their job every single day because they need money, you know, um, and they need money now. You know, we talk about the difference between somebody living to work and working to live. Um, we have a lot of people that work to live, and that's totally fine. I understand that. Uh, generally, you work to live when you're not inspired by what you do, and you, you don't actually believe uh, that what you're doing is progressing you to your end result, Correct. which is hopefully the life that you want to, you know, what the life that you want for you and your family long term. Uh, and nobody, you know, really has an idea exactly what that looks like because it hasn't happened yet. So you have a vision, you know, like, oh man, I'm going to do my job and I'm going to get paid for it. And hopefully I have some time on the weekend for me to relax. But, uh, you know, the reality is, is that, uh, the purpose of life, you know, is really determined in everything you do. So at that point, what's your purpose in life? Is it to relax? Is that the purpose in life? Is that what you're looking for? Because, um, you know, like everything you do determines that. And people are looking at your life and saying, well, you know, what's his purpose? And if it's to hang out with my friends on the weekends, then, then that's just where it is right now. So I would, I would first take some self-reflection and wonder, like, what's my purpose in life? What do I want to give back to this world? You know, and, um, you know, as you determine that, life can become a little bit more clear. And then the motivation or inspiration to do your very best work starts to creep into your life. And then before you know it, your life has changed. And really that starts when you realize you're not doing it for yourself anymore, but you're doing it for everybody else, the people who trusted you to do something. 
They yeah. expected you to do it well. I think we have a unique opportunity today to answer that question. What is my purpose in life? And then as the author alluded to, um, and I also love the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, which is all about this question. What is the meaning of life? So when you can answer that, you can therefore find your purpose. And then you just have today and tomorrow. And it doesn't matter if it's called Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Mm-hmm. There are no case of the Mondays. Isn't that really funny? Uh, and just a side note that like we d- determine you know, what we want to do and like how we feel by the day of the week. Reali- realizing that really there's no difference. All, all they are are really days. You know, the calendar was made up by a human being. <laughs> you know, like that's just, you know, like somebody decided that Saturday and Sunday was Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not, that's not, a re- that's not real. Yeah. You know, like 100%. so people are pissed because I'm working on Saturday, but that, like, that's not real. It's, it's the same day as Tuesday. All things are happening. You know, like, I don't know, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, um, I believe my wife and I are more aligned on this, but we used to clash about Friday nights. You know, she believe or she she believes, you know, Friday nights we're supposed to get cracking. Like what do you what do you mean we're supposed to get cracked? We're supposed to drink some tea and go to bed early so we can wake up early on Saturday and wake up and win with the regimen that we have. So I'm trying to relax, go to bed early so that I can be ready to dominate tomorrow because every day there's twenty four hours in it and we have to maximize them. So for me, man, the only thing that makes my days different is because I have children and some nights they have practice and some days they have games. Other than that, it's time to go serve the world our purpose. You know, so yeah. we talk about sharpening the tools so that, well, actually, let's back up. Yeah, because we were talking about the meaning of life, and I don't want to skip that. Yeah. And the author alluded to Viktor Frankl, uh, which he was a, uh, Viktor Frankl wrote this book, like, I think it's called, like, Man's, Me- like, the, li- the meaning of life, basically, is the title of it. Uh, man's search for a meaning in life or something along those lines. And Viktor Frankl had spent three, he survived three different concentration camps. Mm-hmm. And so like he has kind of what a unique perspective. And I think what we really get down to is like everybody's meaning for life is different. You know, so there's not the meaning of life. It's your meaning of life. So when we talk about, you know, what's the meaning of life? You know, LeDrew, your meaning of life is going to be different than mine, most likely. Or maybe it's aligned. I don't know. Well, uh, well, let's see, because I disagree to an extent. What I believe the meaning of life is, the foundation for everyone is the same. However, how you express it can be different. The meaning of life, from what I've found to be true, is 100% about service. The meaning of life is service. So you think about anyone who's up to something, they're really good at service. Mm-hmm. I love the honey crisp apple. That tree is exceptional at its service. It makes it just right in season, every season. Yes. Or Steve Jobs, service component is why we know his name. Anyone who's ever been great has been great at serving the world something. Anybody that you can remember has courage and service at the foundation of who they are. Mm-hmm. But what they served could be totally different. And that's why I really like the analogies of you know working as a janitor to pay the tuition. You know, being a janitor, that's a service. People have to have a clean place to go relieve themselves. That's necessary. Somebody has to do that job. Someone has to be the trash man to pick up my trash on Mondays, which is my trash day. Someone has to do that. And we want the best trash man that would hop out of the truck when they see a piece of paper floating down the street to pick it up and put it back into the trash truck so that the neighborhood looks 
sufficient. Mm -hmm. So I believe that the purpose of life is always service based. So relate which, that to so relate that to our, our our teams in the field right now. Yeah. How do we serve our purpose? See, to me, and that's what I love so much about Southwind and why it was so easy for me to give up what my past vision was to join this team is because it helps people that don't understand that you're only here to serve exercise that service muscle every single day. So you go on a junk job, you're going to serve that customer because they have a problem and you're here to fix it. That's a service. You're on a move job. That's the most stressful time in a person's life and you get to go be a servant to them for eight to 10 to 12 hours or however long it takes. MVP, same deal. So we actually get a cheat code. We get to work our service muscle every single day in a capacity that's one-on-one -on -one with another human. Mm -hmm. So if you think about what anybody does for work, it's a service. Yeah, I was to just the, thinking about that yeah. as you were saying that, like everybody, everybody basically is serving, and, correct, and that's how they're making money. Correct. A banker is serving in yes. a way where it's allowing you to save money or keep it secure. A uh, you know a teacher is his service is helping yes. students learn. You know, a basketball player, a football player, services to entertain us. Yes. Everybody's in service, and really the 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 difference is. How good are you at it? That's it. <laughs> you know, like, how good are you at it is going to determine how much money you make. Yep. You know, like, if I'm leading an organization, how good am I at serving the people so that they do their very best is going to determine my income at the end of the day. The purpose of life. If I'm at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, how good I am at serving my customers or my teammates is going to determine how good I am, or excuse me, how much I am paid mm -hmm. or where I get to go afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So a mentor of mine once told me a quote uh, and it says, he among you who wishes to be the greatest must become the servant of all. And that's when I mind shifted. So sometimes I see in our hallways as I walk around people that are salty about serving. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to serve anybody today. Man, I'm trying to actually, I'm trying to go home. That's why you, you and it's funny because we start talking about that and, uh, a disrespectful thing you can say about somebody is that they're self-serving. Yes. And that's that's a disrespect. Like you could say something like, hey, he's a self-serving son of a... Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? And like, you're like, damn, that be that's mean. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know? yeah, we talk about those people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that definition of... And I and I actually, you know, I think I agree with that. You know, the, if I can get behind the meaning of life or why we're here is to be of service. Yes. Because it seems that everything we do is either to serve or somebody serving us when we're consuming a service. Yes. So hopefully that uh, parallel was shown through how our team members serve on a daily basis. And once you begin to believe and take this in at your core, days of the week won't matter to you yeah. anymore. Man, so much good stuff here and it's not good enough just to serve it's like how we do it is important yeah steve jobs here um you know so respect the craft and make something beautiful he didn't say respect the craft and just make something you know right. or make something shitty or respect the craft and make it easy yeah. you know he said make it beautiful which means like really it's like look at the details and make sure that they're done a specific way that where one would find them beautiful yeah with no flaws or with a few amount of flaws, right? Yeah, make it beautiful, you know, and that takes belief in what you're doing and understanding that I'm expressing my purpose for being here 
through this exercise or through this product or through this component of service. You know, the apple tree doesn't complain about making apples for us. It just does it. Same with the oranges that you enjoy or the store that you go grocery shop at and pull what you need right off the shelf. You know, someone loaded that up. Yep. <laughs> That's a well, service. And they, before that, somebody made that item yes. or they made the container for it to serve its purpose so then you could consume. 100%. So I would ask you as a listener, what are you serving? And is it beautiful? That's the, that's the important part. So uh, in terms of applying a mind shift to myself, as you know, I coached my eighth grade son's football team this fall because the school districts went away with football for middle school because of COVID. So in that time, I knew well, one, let me state, I didn't want to do it <laughs> because it would take up my time. I would go from work to coaching football four days a week and then a game on the weekends. Guess what that means for time for LeDrew? You don't get it anymore. But I also knew with this that this would be a great opportunity for me to serve 26 young men who were on the team because we had the roster and the coaches reached out and asked me to help them out. And I said, you know, hey, how many kids do we have on the team? 26. 26 people I get to serve when I don't want to do it because I just got off uh, of work, uh, which I consider my purpose. So I don't see it as work, but using that for the phrase, yeah. get off of work to go to coach these kids and then get home late. So guess what? My reading and tea time that I really enjoy for myself, that went bye-bye all fall because I was serving uh, these kids. Time that I had with my wife uh, in the evening just to connect, see how her day went, yeah. tell her about how, that disappeared. That's no more. Yeah, so what I hear you saying is that service is often inconvenient. 100%. And most times, not what you really wanted to do at first. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, I think back to, um, you know, the jobs that I've held, and I haven't had a lot to be fair because I've been doing this since I'm 23 and I'm 37 right mm -hmm. now, okay? Well, actually, I've been doing it since I was 21 because of the summers I was working here, right? So, last 16 years, I've been spending my time in junk blue. Um, and so I look back at, the time I had a job that I didn't want to go to. Mm. Because ever since I've been doing this, I felt like I was doing something of value and that I had a purpose. And it was never hard for me to wake up and come into work, even when I was working on the trucks because I believed in what we were building. Um, but when I didn't want to, I remember selling fitness memberships at a place called Summit Fitness. And I hated that job. And it was a sales job, and really it felt like the only thing we were serving was our pocketbooks. Yeah. And it was soulless. And I remember going by, and this manager of mine would ask me, what'd you get every time I'd have a customer in there? And it pissed me off, and I laughed about it later because the way he said it was funny, and like the, he would ask me sometimes when the customer was like in my presence. And I, I would always love the interaction with the customer, but like hated the component of like, it all being about taking. Getting something in return. And I, and I yeah. really wanted it to be about giving. And when, mm -hmm. when we got to 1-800-GOT-JUNK, it was all about giving. What could I give my team? What could I give my customers? Then what were we building? Uh, because to me, success was a indicator of us building something the right way. Yeah. There was beauty in it because it continued to grow. Yeah. So you know what I would say if someone... so. Hey, I, I coach football this fall. You could come in and ask me, hey, what'd you get? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got to serve. Mm -hmm. That's how I would answer that. 
because as far as like what I got from it from a tangible or financial component, like I didn't really, I don't know, like maybe yeah. it could come later. One of those kids becomes the next Steve Jobs and like, man, I remember this guy coached me so I could have an eighth grade year. You know, I don't know. That could happen. But what did I get from it? I got to, the opportunity to serve and to get better at it. And you get that opportunity every day. But action is the most important component, right? Mm, this yes. this says here, and then this was in the, in the conversation. And let me find this. Um, when action is our priority, vanity fades away. So there yes. it is right there. Because when action was your priority, doing something, serving something, it didn't really matter what I was doing. Man, hold there, up. Hold up, hold up. What does vanity mean? Yeah. Does, uh, vanity means like the when you do something and you want to look good because of it. Yes. So like uh, some would say there's not a lot of vanity in sweeping the floor. Yes, indeed. You know. The vanity is in like lifting curls. Uh-huh. You, they curls for the girls. I'm lifting weights. They yeah. say, "Man, he's vain." Yeah, because like he's just trying to look good. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like being good is what's really important. Yes, it's not about how you look. It's about what you do. That's what life. That that's a component of life that we have to yeah. understand. It's not about what you look like or the fact that when I was uh, coming up in the condo uh, and when I was. You know, just getting started, and I look like shit in the elevator. It wasn't about what I looked like. It was about what I was doing. It was the action I was taking. It's not about how you look. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like in our in our frontline team members, I see that in guys that are too cool to wear the uniform. Yeah, too cool because they want to look good. They they have the vanity is important. Yeah, and uh, the action is less important. Yeah. So as you uh, got away from the guy in the elevator that wore the junk blue on a daily, what did you find being that next level of um, vanity versus actions that you had to overcome? So if you, you know, if you're talking to our yeah. executives now or our up and coming hundred percent. Yeah. Like you start moving up levels, right. Mm-hmm. And then you get to, you go from one house to another house mm. and every neighborhood creates a new level and you find yourself wanting to be cool uh, instead of wanting to be good at stuff. Or maybe you still want to be good, but like you want to look cool. You want yeah. people to accept you. Yeah. But you know what people really accept? People who are serving others, who are working hard, who are doing the right thing. That's like widely accepted. Yeah. Uh, so like doesn't really matter. I remember getting uh, I, uh, getting my car. I got a car because I was, it was 2014. I got a Porsche uh uh, what is it called? Like uh, Cayenne. Yeah. Porsche Cayenne, 2014, and I did that because I wanted people to think I was doing something big. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I didn't like. Did I need the Porsche Cayenne? Hell no, I didn't need the Porsche Cayenne, but I needed it. You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah. I wanted people to. Because I needed the vanity of it. Yeah. Because uh, the action hadn't done enough for me yet, and um, it was you know the more success I've gotten in life, the less. It's been about vanity to me. You go from like wearing, Tommy Hilfiger used to be popular. And what made Tommy Hilfiger popular was like, it said Tommy Hilfiger all over, right? Like that's a, that's, or Jordans. That's a vanity play, right? You do that because you're trying to look good. Yeah. You're wanting people to believe that you have something that you may or may not have. Um, And that's dangerous, right? Because action is really the most important thing. And if you just simply worked hard, they'd still believe you were of high quality and of high service. They they said uh, in in this book, 
that were reading the obstacles away, they said you know Thomas Jefferson was a ta- was a tailor first. Yes. And that and they called out to him and they said, man, he ain't nothing yeah, but a tailor. Him. They roasted him. He's nothing but a tailor. He, this, you're gonna elect a guy who makes clothes? And he says, yes, but I made the best, the best clothes. The best. I I sewed the finest clothes. My stuff never got returned. Everybody loved it. Yeah. So anything I'm going to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. But getting back to the vanity piece, like that's a real thing. Yeah. And like a lot of people will not want to take a job because they're like, oh, man, I, my parents, we used to always call it the, um, uh, when we were trying to hire people for 1-800-GOT-JUNK in the early days, when Tyler and I had uh, a shitty office, uh, and people would like when we weren't well known, right? Like nobody knew who we were. They thought yeah. we were trash men or whatever it was. And they would come in. We would always say it's the the parents and the girlfriends that would keep them from making the decision. We would sit down and we would explain to them our vision for the organization, and they would leave the office jacked. You like we were certain, like man, this is gonna be a great hire. Excited to get started with them. He's okay with the work. He's looking forward to being part of the team. And then we get a phone call about 7 p.m. that night. Yeah, you know, I talked to my parents and, you know, they really would hope I use my degree for something else. Or they really, my girlfriend said that she didn't want me to be a trash man and was hoping that I would hold out for something else. Which was devastating because, like, the reality was our, our, our the job we had paid more money than mo- most of those jobs that they ended up taking. People would take a bank teller job where they weren't doing anything of high value, but they were taking orders and just cashing other people's checks instead of helping us build an organization. Now, I bet you right now if you would ask those guys who ended up taking the bank teller job, which one should they have done? hundred percent of the time, if they look at our current results, they say, man, I should have came with you. Mm. I should have been yeah. part of it. Yeah. So why don't we do something here? Let's give maybe the three big takeaways. And I think two of the three will for sure be able to answer the question for, for the listeners today as we conclude here. Um, I, I really love what you just said, because essentially to sum it up, it's all about which gives you the greatest opportunity to serve and puts you in a place of humility, which humility was one of the topics of of that uh, six-minute clip as well. Yeah. So, man, answering the question, what is the meaning of life? And, you know, I uh, like the fact that we got aligned on that here so we can get behind it. The meaning of life is to be of service to the world. So, number two, you know, from this episode, we, we talk about uh, what is your purpose, and that only you can figure out. But what we can tell you in number three is find a place to serve, do it with every ounce of passion in your body and get good at it. Can you align with that? Absolutely. And make it beautiful. Make it beautiful. So that being said, this is another opportunity for you to get off the stoop, put this information to practice. And if you want to, and you're listening and you're not part of Southwind, apply now. Hit up Jeff Scott. (laughs) We are Southwind. Stoops